matter. Like people like really like the virtual thing because a lot of people are very self-conscious about working out in a gym too. They feel like others are looking at them and what have you. The reality of that is, um, in my experience at least, that most people that think someone else is watching them are not watching you. They're so self-conscious about themselves, they're just worried that you're watching them. Welcome to the Deeper Awareness Podcast, where we delve into the depths of our inner selves, uncovering authenticity and transformation. Join us for enlightening conversations on breathwork, self-discovery, and the profound journey within. I'm your host, Josh Perry, joined by the delightful Hannah Oxley. Let's begin. Hey, it's Hannah, and welcome to today's episode. I am excited to introduce our guest today because he played a big part in my healing journey. Chris Paul is a fitness professional local to me in the greater Boston area. Chris has had a passion for fitness his whole life, but his passion for helping people get in shape is so much deeper than physical appearance. He wants you to know that anything is possible. Join Josh and I as we listen to FitPro Chris's heartfelt story on today's episode of Deeper Awareness. So um, to begin, I will welcome Chris to our podcast, FitPro Chris, who I I have him saved in my phone that way also. (laughs) Um, So I met Chris, how long ago was that now? Like seven years ago? At least six or seven years ago um i was going to a gym and i someone said that i could get more help and so i signed up to get um training done and we went from i was with you there at that gym for i don't know a few months and then you had moved and i had followed you to the other gym Mm -hmm. um but you were so helpful with so much part so much of my healing also with getting my muscle back and everything so it was been it was such a pleasure to work with you it's been a pleasure on both ends chris came down to my little other side of my baby over there yeah (laughs) and we did some work outside he's very flexible but so welcome to our podcast we're so happy to have you on and i'm honored to even have been asked uh, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Awesome. Um, so is there anything that or any story that you want to share with us so that we can understand you as a person deeper? Okay. Um, so I'm 45 now, but when I was very young, I was uber skinny, like could hula hoop with a Cheerio skinny. <laughs> Um, and I had really bad self-esteem about it because I used to get teased all the time because I was always very tall. I'm still, I'm six, five now. Mm. Um, but I was super skinny and I grew up in the early to mid eighties when I was a kid, when every guy wanted to be Arnold Schwarzenegger or a pro wrestler or a superhero, like the, built like the Incredible Hulk. It was that era. 
And it was very difficult for me because my friends were all muscular and strong. And I felt like the weakling. Like, I don't know if you've ever read any comic books, but there used to be a um, ad in the back of them for the Charles Atlas um, bodybuilding program. And the ad was a skinny guy on the beach and a big muscle guy walked by and kicks sand in his face and gets the girl and walks off. Um, and that's how I felt. So when I got to college, I was like, I'm sick of being like this. Like, I don't like myself. Like, let me see if I can change this. So I went to the gym and I had an, uh, amazing person that showed me the ropes on how to do because I honestly had no idea what I was doing when I started um, his name was Scott and uh, he trained me for a while and I started seeing results and as I started getting bigger and stronger my confidence level changed like I started to believe in myself and I was like I love the way this makes me feel I want to be able to do this for others. So then I became certified um, with the National Academy of Sports Medicine and then started working with a variety of people. At first, it was guys trying to add muscle mass because I could relate to them. But then it became women trying to get in shape. And then I started working with kids and senior citizens um, and I just took to it because I love the way it made me feel. And I know how most people feel about themselves and I don't want anybody to feel like I did. So I guess I tried to help as many people as possible. And that was 22 years ago hmm. and I've been doing it ever since. And I just, I like, I don't like people thinking that they can't change something they don't like in their lives. I don't like hearing that people are very self-defeative, like saying, I can't do this, I can't do that before they even try. So I try to change their mentality because I used to be very negative too, but I found a way to change it. And you have your hashtag, the, which kind yes. of... Yes, so I created that. a hashtag when I created my business during the pandemic. It's hashtag you are possible. It's the letter U, the, the letter R, and then possible. Because I want people to believe in their own possibilities. I, I hear, I also teach physical education. And I hear um, very young kids like even in my PE classes saying, I can't do this. I can't do that. And I'm talking as young as kindergarten. And I'm like, how is it possible that you think that already when you're so young? And how did you learn that already? When you're that young, like you should believe absolutely anything is possible. Like anything. Like, where are you learning that self-defeative behavior before you even start? Like, 
if you're an adult and you've had a rough life, I can understand that. But the concept of a, a small child thinking like that is disturbing to me. Like they should be thinking like, pardon the cliche, but the world is their oyster. You know what I mean? And it bothers me. So I try and change their mentality. And if they show good sportsmanship or something like that, I made bracelets up with my hashtag on it and I give them one. And they're like, how do I earn one of those? I'm like, you have to treat people right. You have to work hard and you have to try. That's all you got to do. And then you can have one. So that's one of my stories. I love that. Because it is it is sad that even parents with the best intentions, <clears throat> if they have any insecurities that just immediately falls onto the child, they don't even know that that's happening. So 100%. It happens all the time. Because so I meet with the parents too. And I can listen to them for a few minutes. And I'm like, okay, now I understand why your child thinks the way they do. So it's so important that you are in their lives, even if it's just, you know, I don't know how often you get, if you teach like, because you're at St. Catherine's, right? Is that, yes. Is that yep, K I teach four days a week. I teach four days a week there. And that's K through eight? Yes. And so do you get to see the same kids all the way through eighth grade or are there a couple of teachers? Uh, nope, it's just me. Yeah. So I'm, the, to I'm the only PE teacher for that grade group. There's another one for pre-K and preschool, but I teach K through eight. Yeah. And this is my fourth year there. Nice. And so you get to see those kids. Are you building, do you find that you're building relationships with certain kids? Yes. And I'm trying because... I only see them like once a week, each class. And unfortunately, as you guys know, the a lot of the world that is around them is very negative. So I try to be the positive influence. However, sometimes I feel like, pardon the expression, I'm fighting windmills because if, if you divide the time up, I see them for 10% of their week, right? And the other 90%, they're getting negative stuff from um different social media apps and other things so you, you know what i mean like they're getting bombarded with the negative stuff so i tried my hardest has that changed i feel like we went to gym every day um i didn't the catholic schools i think are different i went to the uh, school very similar and we only had it once a week it's hmm. well what about you josh do you remember i feel like i had gym if not every day, like every other day, like not once a week. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. But um, I hated there's recess every day. You hated it. I hated gym because I was one of those kids that did not think I was capable of anything. I would well, hide it, in the back. It's pretty crazy how things change because when I was in high school, you could not have paid me enough money to go to a gym mm. and now i i can't go a day or two without going it's just once you start seeing the pot the the results that you can see like it was just like a switch and i was like okay i like this let me keep doing this and i'm just uh, i mean i don't want to sound egotistical because that's not true but like i'm a natural empath so 
if I like, if I can make myself feel better and I know others don't feel well don't, or don't like something about their lives, I like to help them feel better about it. It's just, it's just the way I am. Sorry if that sounded egotistical. It's not. Oh, oh my gosh, no. Absolutely. Oh, it kind of sounds like I'm saying, oh, I'm so great. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, that's, I'm so not that person at all. Not I'm at actually all. the polar opposite of that. Well, you need to give yourself a pat on the back because you are making such a difference. I'm trying. But you guys are making a, a lot of difference too. Like, there's... I notice a lot when I work with my clients that people don't breathe. They hold their breath. And then they're like, I'm so tired. I'm like, well, you're not breathing. <laughs> like, what do you mean I'm not breathing? I'd be dead if I wasn't breathing. I'm like, no, no, but you, you're not like, you're not, you hold your breath. Like you can't do that. If yeah. we don't get oxygen or we don't get oxygen correctly, the body doesn't use it right. You won't, you're not going to feel all right. You'd be surprised. So many people like get stressed out and the first thing they do is hold their breath. Mm -hmm. Actually, We're you probably wouldn't be surprised because you've been teaching <laughs> people how to breathe since you both got certified. So, We're a society of shallow breathers. And even I had just gone through COVID a couple weeks ago and still like have some lingering symptoms. And then when I'm in that like it was just in like a different realm of like trying to feel better and kind of down on myself that it's taking so long for my immune system to, to get back up and running. I find myself back in that old realm of like, Oh my God, I'm not breathing. Cause I'm thinking too much about, you know, whatever it is. Like it's so mm -hmm. easy, even as aware as Josh and I am, like I, I'm constantly have to remind myself how important it is to take deep breaths. Yes. Absolutely. And I try and teach my students too, like if they get frustrated and things like that, if they control their breathing, they will naturally calm down. But they're like, I don't, I don't get it. And I'm like, okay, well, let me show you. So the way I teach them, now obviously you guys are experts in this, so you would know better than I, but you breathe in through your nose. And then when you breathe out through your mouth, you breathe out twice as long so that it calms your nervous system down naturally. And if you're one of those people that's super like this, like if you do it a couple of times, you naturally will feel your shoulders just naturally drop. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole embodiment of it. It's you feel your shoulders drop. It's like, oh man, my jaw was really tight too. I'm like, why am I clenching oh, yeah. my fists? It's just like, if you start taking this, you know, inventory of, wow, like I'm really so tight and all it takes is a couple of breaths. I, a lot of my clients are very inflexible. A lot of it has to do with being in a seated position for a long amount of time, like in their office or whatever. But a lot of it also has to do with people not controlling their breathing. Like they get frustrated because their boss just yelled at them or whatever. And they're like, first thing you do is like, hold your breath. It's like um, a self-preservation technique, but it actually works the opposite way because you need oxygen to breathe. But if you're holding your, your breath, you're not preserving anything. Mm -hmm. It's, that fight it's or like flight. a safety thing, right? Have you guys found that with your clients? Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. Or anybody who maybe went through some trauma or something like that. It's a way of trying to protect themselves kind of thing. 100%. We talk a lot about safety and yeah. how to, if there's so, if I would not be surprised at the percentage of people that don't feel safe. Like even that's why I think in this, what I'm dealing with currently with just getting over COVID mm. is that feeling of like, the floor is going to come out beneath me because you both of you know my um my gut history and yes. when I had COVID like all my gut stuff started coming back so I have that like that feeling that the floor is just going to drop out from underneath me and I'm going to have like I'm going to go back to where I was two years ago and like we won't let that, that happen <laughs> thank you there's just that fear and so when I don't feel safe my body that that's when the you forget to breathe you forget to nourish yourself and so it's there's a, constant there's a lot of things like in this life that can cause people anxiety and it's not always like the typical thing that you would think of like oh i'm watching a horror movie and like a monster jumps out of the closet or whatever it's like oh like that's anxiety but it's like some people are just not comfortable in their own skin now whether that has to do with the fact the way they were brought up or or they've gone through trauma or whatever like if you can't feel comfortable just like being alone in your own say your own environment like it's just a terrible place to be you know so you guys do amazing work to teach people how to deal with that and on ourselves too i'm josh can attest to this there's there's so many levels of it. Like mm -hmm. I feel safer than I did yesterday. And then you, the next day you're like, Oh my God, I never knew I could feel this safe in my body. It's, it's just this constant exploration of deeper awareness. The, um, the way I, I stopped actually quite a while ago, but I don't watch the news anymore. Like I wake up in the morning and I have like a routine. I have like my Kindle or whatever. And I have like five different books, but little excerpts from, cause I've read them. Like I just read them all the time. And I start my day with, by reading an excerpt in each book, um, just to start with the correct mindset. If you, I couldn't, can't possibly think like starting, it would be good for you to start the day like say you get up at 5 a.m. and you're like getting ready for work, whatever, and you put the news on. And the first thing you hear is like murder. It's like murder, rape, murder, bomb, shot, murder. Like who? They wonder why we're such a, um, people are so depressed. Mm -hmm. If you start your day with that mentality, it, it's, it's not, um, shouldn't be surprising that people are, like in that mindset, I try and start something positive every day. Now, of course, you, you know, you have those days where things are a little negative, but like, I couldn't, I know people that like, it's like their routine. They start off watching the news. I'm like, I don't want to start my day with that. Mm -hmm. I think the news uh, should start off with a good story. Mm. And then maybe have the horrible stuff because we know that's going to be on there and then end with a good story because people tend to remember the first thing they see and the last thing they see. 
I think that would be a great idea, but the the ratings, rating, the ratings are all based off of the horror thing. Like people watch the news just to see what craziness went on that day. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, no, I think it becomes like a subconscious addiction to needing to know. It's like I like to think about how because when I stopped watching the news, people are like, well, don't how are you gonna stay informed? Like I like don't to... worry. If if <laughs> if it's important enough, you'll hear about it. Exactly. But I think about a time before even before news, we had newspapers, even before newspapers, like there's still things happening outside of our knowledge. Like and people were living just fine. Yes. But now it's now to hold like even just just recently with all this stuff over in Israel, like it, it it's so heavy for people to take all of that in. Like mm-hmm. if you think back to that time where we didn't know what was going on in the world news, mm-hmm. it's like do we even have the capacity to hold all of this sadness that gets thrown? No. And they day? and they bombard us with it too, like everything everything on tv is breaking news breaking news breaking news it's like wait a minute if it's all breaking news then or like then what's the point of even saying it you know what i mean <laughs> like it's just there there's a they play off of people's anxiety to get you to watch you know what i mean 100% it's a terrible thing, but they just want to make money. So I don't even. There's know. a lot of things that go on, and I'm just like, "What?" I'm like, How? "No wonder these poor kids and adults and teenagers are so confused and depressed and stuff." Like, look what they're getting hit with, like literally, like every thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. You know. Like people, I, mean, I don't even know who it is, but I feel like I, if I call, there's someone I know where I call them and they can just hear the news in the background, like so mm-hmm. loud. And it's like, how, like, no. turn it off. And yeah, they're like, well, yeah. I, I'm not watching it. It's just on. It's like, it's, oh, an, age, it's, an, it's an age thing too, where like, if you're an old, like an older person and you like grew up watching the news every day as a kid and then you do it as an adult, like it's learned behavior. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the flip side of that is there's also a lot of positive stuff on, say, social media, too. But it doesn't get the shine that it should. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff on TikTok, for instance, that's very positive. But the stuff that gets followed and the stuff that gets shared and all that is the insanity or the not so great stuff. But look at you guys. You have a podcast. You're doing amazing stuff. This should be at the, like the top of everybody's like listening thing, <laughs> you know? And yeah, I'm not just saying that because you asked me to be on here. It's true. Like people need this kind of positivity in their life. And not know? even just positivity, just every, just authenticity. Authenticity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it doesn't, it's not, it's not always about it like everything's good everything's roses and rainbows and everything it's it's the more authentic you are i think the more people can relate to you like Mm -hmm. yes there's 
there are people that will follow stuff, say, on social media that's very, very filtered. Um, but I think they can relate more to somebody authentic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so um, I just have a question for you. Sure. When, so you started your business during the pandemic, your own business. So before mm-hmm. that, you were just working for different gyms or like how yeah. did it look? And how yeah, did- I was, a, um, I was a contractor, different, at different gyms. And then, so what gave you that spark of, I want to control my, well, start my own. But like I, uh, I try to think, see the positive in things, but when the pandemic hit and all the lockdown happened and all the gyms were closed i said and everybody started doing things virtually i said well why don't i try that Hmm. i was like i mean i had nothing but time on my hands so i was like okay so i started that i reached out to my current clients and they said yes we're coming with you and i was like okay i did some yes you you yep you absolutely did um and we will be working again in the future for sure um and it just took off from there like people like really like the virtual thing because a lot of people are very self-conscious about working out in a gym too they feel like others are looking at them and what have you the reality of that is um in my experience at least that most people that think someone else is watching them are not watching you they're so self-conscious about themselves they're just worried that you're watching them Mm. and so to to get back to what I was saying, people liked working out in their own homes where they could do things in private. And it just took off from there. And it, I'm, it's the best thing I ever did because the whole time I was working for other people, I was doing all the work and I was doing, had the expertise, but I was getting paid peanuts. This way, it's all me. And it's growing. And I came up with um, my the name of my business, Fit Pro, Chris. The Fit, it stands for Fitness Professional. Because there's a lot of different people out there that work in the fitness industry that look the part but don't really know how to work with people. And I've seen that um, in my own experience from working in different gyms. And I just wanted to separate myself from that. So that's why I call myself that. Um, There's nothing wrong with calling yourself a personal trainer, but unfortunately there are a lot of people out there with that that really should not be training people. And uh, I'm sure you've seen it yourself, Hannah, in the gym. Like you worked with me, but you've seen some of the other people that were working in there and it's like, what? I mean, you try, you don't want to judge, but like, there's a difference between not judging and seeing somebody do something that's just plain dangerous with someone, you know? 
and I treat, I have relate, I don't have customers. I have relationships. Mm. Like I have a relationship with all of my clients. Like I know more about them than their own families probably do, to be honest with you. Um, we build a very close rapport. They feel comfortable with me, which goes back to what we were talking about earlier about feeling safe. And then they get um, more of what they want and what they need. You know what I mean? But, it's true. Chris has this like that feeling. He gives that feeling of safety. He talked me through my breakup. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> so Chris, I'm as I'm listening to you talk, I'm kind of I've been thinking a lot about judgment and safety in mm -hmm. my own life in just societally. And when it comes to, so your expertise is this, the physical side, the body, mm -hmm. this desire to improve how we look and feel. So we feel different about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the, the fact that people don't feel safe, just talk like it, I think it goes back to the, to the vulnerability. Sure. And I've been thinking about vulnerability as we only feel vulnerable about something if we've been teased or mocked or judged about it or, you know, to some capacity. And so that could be emotions. Like mm -hmm. I've, I've been, if, if I'm feeling sad, but I've been teased about crying, then that would feel mm -hmm. vulnerable to share. Sure. And so this vulnerability is like a individual based. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm trying to do as feels like a big job, but kind of normalizing the things that we've felt and experienced as vulnerable. Is there a way to shift that, that okay. we're all having this human experience mm -hmm. and just normalizing humanness. Yes. And maybe that's what authenticity is. Yep. And um, I agree with you 100%. I think people think they have to be perfect in every way in order to be accepted. And that's, um, that's unfortunate they feel that way. Um, because I've felt like that myself from time to time when I was much younger. But I agree with you. People need to be able to feel vulnerable and be able to share that because that's a lot of pressure to have on yourself all the time, you know. And society does its damage too with, I mean, forever it was, um, they used to do it to women you know, like you've got to look like this, look like that. And if you don't look like this, then you should do this. And they prey on people's insecurities and stuff. And now they're even, they're doing it to guys um, just as much. And uh, imaging. there's nothing wrong with wanting to improve yourself, but you've got to be accepting of yourself also first, mm. you know? There's nothing wrong with wanting to improve, but like some people, you know, point blank, really just hate themselves. 
And that leads to other problems like, you know, a drug addiction, anything to numb yourself from feeling like that because they're not able to share that kind of how they actually feel, you know? Um, and I hate the fact that people feel like that. Like, I really do. Like, it really bothers me. So I do my best to try and always make people feel they can share anything with me. They can be, you know, vulnerable. They're not being judged. I'm only there to help, you know? Do you feel like you had to, like, remove judgment from yourself first to get that way? Or do you feel it like... It took me a long time. Okay. It took me a long time to get rid of my own self-judgment. I was way worse than my own worst enemy. Like, mm -hmm. super negative about anything. Like, if I made a mistake, I'd, like, beat myself up about it, like, in mentally for quite a while. It's, um... It has to do with my upbringing, was a little on the rough side to say the least. Um, but I learned that through different things I read and therapy and stuff that I don't need to be anything but who I am. Like who I am is enough. Mm. You know, I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be any of those things. Um, I'm enough just being me. And it took me a long time to come to that conclusion. And I know there are other people out there that feel like that. So I try and like be the uplifting voice in their head. You know what I mean? Mm. I try. Yeah. And I'm pretty loud. So people can hear me from quite a while away. So. <laughs> I see this beautiful man with this beautiful heart that's gone through a lot of things that caused hurt. And, and you're just like, I don't want anybody else to experience that. No, I don't. I really don't. And that's, I'm kind of like, if I find out that someone feels like that, like even if it's somebody I just met, like I will try my damnedest to help them with that like that it's not even a conscious thing it's just who i am mm. um because i know what it feels like and i know how miserable it is so i don't want anyone feeling like that that's, that's your fuel that's what gets you going keeps you going what's that that's your fuel that keeps you yes doing day after day yeah and um i'm very much into as Hannah knows, like the Marvel stuff um, and superheroes. And it's not because of what they look like or anything. It's because they help people. Mm. It's always, always what I've wanted to do. I all, it's just who I am naturally. It's not phony. It's not, well, I'm going to help you to see what you can get from me or what I can get from you. It's, I don't like that you need help and no one's helping you yet. So let me do it. I don't sit around on the sidelines and wait um, for someone else to do something. If I think it needs to be done, I just do it myself. I guess I'm very self-driven like that. And that's 
how I was able to launch my own business because Hannah, you know, and I'm not, and Josh, I'm sure you have your own business or have something going on too. If you don't do the work, no one's going to do it for you. Like you have to do it. You know what I mean? You know how much work goes into like when you're building a business, right? Like, you know, someone else isn't going to be like, oh, let me, you know, let me do that for you. Like that's, it's all you, but that's an accomplishment because you can set a goal and then you push yourself to you. When, once you accomplish that goal, that means you feel like you can accomplish more goals. You know what I mean? Like when you told me you were launching your own business, I was like, that's pretty amazing. And I, I try, I was like, it's a lot of work, but you're somebody who can do it. And you did. And you got a lot of clients now, right? You got a bunch of clients? A few, a good amount. Yeah. Good always. And you know that because you're good at what you do and you actually care and people pick up on that authenticity, they will tell other people and the whole thing will go will go word you know um word of mouth and your clientele and your the people you work with will grow exponentially marketing is not necessary like traditional marketing if you do what you're passionate about and people can sense that they're going to be your mouthpiece you don't have to do it for them True. That's the truest statement. Cause I think we talked about this when you were growing your business. That's what we want is word of mouth. Yep. Yep. Cause I put it, put a lot of, of my own finances into different marketing things and I got no response, but all of my clientele that I built, it's all from word of mouth because people are more likely to believe someone that they're already comfortable with. And if they tell you, you know what I mean? Now, if I know anybody that I think could benefit from your services, I will by all means send them to you. I'll literally, I'll pick them up and carry them over there if I have to. <laughs> um, because you got, you're doing amazing work. Like I wish and I'm hoping through this podcast, you get the notoriety that you're both supposed to get because your value is far more than somebody with 2 million followers on Instagram because they're half dressed with like in my case and what I do with a shaker cup in the background and all of a sudden now they're, they're, they're a fitness influencer. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's your, what you do is so much more like actual brings actual value than that. And we need to make this type of stuff go viral. This is what people need to know about. I'd love to hear about your, the joy you experience with 
as your clients succeed? Um, it's amazing. It's incredibly rewarding. Um, I actually work with seniors too at an assisted living place um, right down the street from where I teach school. And I've got a couple of gentlemen out of wheelchairs using walkers. Wow. And it, it, it does, it's an amazing thing to see. It's an amazing thing to know I helped with, but it also makes me incredibly grateful for everything that I have. Mm. Like, you know, we get busy and you start to take things for granted. Like, oh yeah, like I can walk, I can breathe, whatever. But if you don't really think about it, you don't really appreciate it. And I started, when I started working with those people, I really started to appreciate it because I see people every time I go there that can't do those things that wish they could. And it really just makes you grateful for what you have, you know? Um, as for some of my other clients, um, I had, or ha I still do, have a client who was a high school. Uh, I met him when he was a junior in high school. Um, he had lost his dad at a very young age. And he was such an impressive young man. Um, became an Eagle Scout. Got into UMass Amherst. He's pre-med right now. Um, and he, I just kind of watched him develop and I taught him because he would felt a lot like I did when I was his age and he started making progress and, you know, believing in himself and all of those things. And he's accomplished absolutely amazing things and the joy on his face that I see because he was able to do all those things. Like, that's why I do what I do. Mm. It's, it, it's not about the money. It's not because I could be doing something else that makes far more money. Um, it's about letting people reach their full potential and truly believe in themselves when they didn't before. And the fact that I was somewhat of, um, somewhat of a factor in that it's really rewarding. It just, it really is. Um, I tell my clients all the time when they accomplish something, they're like, we, we, you know, they're like, I thank you so much for everything you did. I go, all I did was give you the blueprint. You did all the work. Hannah will tell you, I've told her that. Um, and it's true. Like I designed to get you where you want to do, but you did the work. All I did was guide you. And it's just, it's an amazing thing. It really is. Like, I, I feel like it's like my calling mm -hmm. to work with people. Like I couldn't, 
I couldn't work and sit at a desk in corporate America or whatever in an office like eight hours a day in a cubicle. Like I, I wouldn't feel like that's not me. I don't think I could even sit there for more than two hours without losing my mind. Um, I believe my calling is to work with people and make them better versions of who they already are um, spiritually, emotionally, physically, the whole person. And I try to be that influence. Obviously, I can't do it with everybody, but when I can, it's very, it's very rewarding. When you have that clear intention of what your purpose is, that's, mm -hmm. that's the glue of, of the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I just would be a very, I probably would be a very unhappy person um, because I would feel like I'm just going through, going through the motions, you know, kind of like a robot. That's not who I am. I like to use my gifts. Like I can be creative. I'm good with people, that kind of thing. Like I could never do that just like in an office job. I couldn't, I know I couldn't. I know, and I know I couldn't sit there. I'd lose my mind. I'm sure there's a lot not of that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just right. saying it's not for me. Disclaimer: gonna... I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> as, well, as long as people, as long as people get up and stretch often enough, there's nothing wrong with that. I was gonna say the same thing. Start off by saying, I'm sure there are plenty of people that enjoy that. But I think there's a lot of people miserable that are behind cubicles that if they were able to wake up to their purpose, just like yeah. the three of us. And have. sometimes they know what it is, but they're yeah, afraid they to go it. do it. But they're afraid to go do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think even more people don't know what it is because there's yeah. so many. Yeah, there's, there's that too. But pe people tend to... if. If you don't like live with passion and and vibrance, um, you don't you don't know what your thing is. You know what I mean? You're just like going through the drag all the time, and it's like it's like on autopilot, but you're not truly aware or don't have a deeper awareness. Name of the podcast. Um, of what you should be doing. And I, I see a lot of people like that. I was like that until I got sick. And that's hmm. where I... I believe like... things happen for a reason too. Mm -hmm. I know that's very cliche to say, but it does. Mm -hmm. Like I think... Um, when something happens to you, you can either learn from it or move on from it, or just be stuck there. And for a long time, I was just stuck there. But then I changed my mentality. It took me a while too. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like to become a more positive person instead of a negative one, it took me a long, long time because I had to learn that what I had learned is not the only thing. There's other ways of looking at stuff. And I figured that out. I read lots and lots of books 
And some of them, like I said earlier, I read every day. Like it's only like a passage, but I start off that way. Because if you don't have a purpose and start off from something positive, first thing when you wake up in the morning, then the negative is going to slip in there. And before you know it, you're thinking negative all the time. And then you start to feel negative. And then you start living your life like that. And it it's not fun. I was like that for many, many years. And I'd much rather be where I am now than I was then. You know? Was, was there a moment that shook you out of it? Or did it just kind of slowly happen? I might get a little emotional here, but yeah. So when my dad was sick, he's passed away um, along about 15, 16 years ago. I watched him fight every single day, even though he was, um, he wasn't getting any better, but he refused to give up like refused until his very last breath, which unfortunately for me, he took right in front of me. Mm. That shook me big time. Um, I'll never forget that. But what I learned from that experience is that to never give up because no matter what he was going through, he wouldn't give up. And uh that's what keeps me going when things get super tough i try and stay positive and they have in the past um and i won't give up matter of fact i don't know if you can even see it but i have it tattooed on my wrist mm. never give up. i got this now i got this um after he passed and it was like 15, 16 years ago. Uh, his birthday is actually coming up on Wednesday. But um, you can see how long I've had it because it's all faded and all run together. But I will never have it redone because I remember when I got it and that's what I want to remember. Mm. Um. Plus, you know, you wake up sometimes like if, if you, super, you know, you're in a point of depression and stuff where like a light goes off in your head and you're just like, all right, enough's enough. Like, wh what can I do to change this? I am. Um, I'm very much, like I said, an empath, empath but I'm also super stubborn. And if I don't like something that's going on in my life, I'm just like, all right, this is enough. I'm done. Like we, Something can be done here to make this better. And I just worked at it. And I'll never let myself go back to that again. Um, the other positive, I guess, positive thing that I went through would be the night I met my wife. Um, cause I had had a real rough time with dating and stuff like that. Like I just kept attracting people 
that were super negative and stuff all the time. And it just, it didn't work out to say the least. Um, and I went out with my, my buddy needed a, uh, a designated driver. I don't drink alcohol either. I gave that up 20 years ago. Um, so I drive down my uh, to Patriot's place, which, by the way, I live right around the corner from now. Um, and because he said, oh, there's some girl whose birthday's down there tonight. She was a friend of a friend. Little did I know that that would be my future wife. Mm. Um, I met her on her birthday. And uh, I would have never have met her if I hadn't driven my friend down there. And she's been a positive influence in my life ever since. So, and I'm not just saying this cause she's in the other room probably listening. <laughs> it's true. Um, she's the best. I, uh, she made me believe in myself she's the one that kind of pushed me and said well you know what with the when the pandemic hit maybe you should start your own business mm -hmm. she's like maybe it's time now you always work your rear end off for everybody else and you're not getting paid the right way maybe this is it and it's been going great ever since mm -hmm. you get that little whisper and then that push from your support system mm -hmm. So the ingredients support is very important. And, uh, some people that I've interacted with and met, <clears throat> especially with what I do, it seems to me like they didn't have any support. So I tried to be that, like, even if it's just a very small amount, that's better than none. You know, I, I see this theme in your life with these kids. Mm -hmm. they're showing up and you're like gosh how did how do you already not believe in yourself mm -hmm. and for your wife to do that for you and this belief um because I didn't believe in myself either and even up until recently but I had a friend that could see something in mm -hmm. me that I couldn't see yet mm -hmm. and she said multiple times she said borrow my belief in you ah uh, it's amazing and and i that's a great that's that's an amazing phrase yeah i might put that on a t-shirt do it because <laughs> that's, what, that, that's what you're doing for people you're you're you can see their potential whether it's emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever, you can see it when they can't, when they're in that wheelchair and to see them walking, you believe they can do it. Yeah. And your, your energy is just exuding that out. And I'm sure you speak that way too, to them. So I, I can just see this theme in your essence, in who you are, is this believing in people and knowing there was a time when you probably didn't believe in yourself and to have that support of your wife as well, mm -hmm. that goes such a long way. I, I realize I just have this need in me for someone to just say, you can do it. I believe in you. 
and then I'll keep going. I'll keep going. It's that oh, little yes. nudge. Yep. Yep. Sometimes that's all you need is that little Jiminy Cricket on your shoulder telling you what to do. <laughs> um, and is she, is that same person still with you all the time? So she, her name is Malin. She's a breathwork facilitator as well. She was on, our, oh, okay. she's been on our podcast and she could see something in me. And I was like, either she's crazy or I am. I'm going to borrow her belief because hers is a better belief. And why not? I know where my belief has got me. So why not try hers on her size? Who is, I know you work with all sorts of people. Do you have an ideal client? I appreciate all of my clients, no matter what their goals are. Um, but I still have that close connection to a young guy um, that just needs some guidance in whatever way and to make him believe in himself, that kind of thing. The way somebody else did it for me, I want to do it for them. And there's a few out there. Um, I actually, I've worked with three or four of them and now they're off on their own, like doing their own thing, but they still keep in contact with me. Um, but well, I, that, you, that's my ideal client. Well, if anybody's, but I work, but I honestly, it, it, every one of them, I gain, I learn something from, I try to learn something from everything I do. You know, I'm trying, that's. I try and be aware of exactly what's going on so that I can absorb it and take it in and do something good with it. But I, I'll work with anybody. Well, I work if anybody with kids, seniors, athletes. I'd work with a pro athlete if necessary, if they had the right mentality. Hmm. I don't go working with guys who's who think they're better than everybody else just because they're a professional athlete not doing it we're all the same we're all on the same page even playing field yep absolutely i don't deal with egos <laughs> send those people to us we'll let we'll soften their ego and then send them good because <laughs> there's some that really need it well, if anybody um, wants to work with you, how? what's the best way to get Oh, okay. So they can check out my website. It's uh, <clears throat> fitprochris.com. Or they can send me a message on Instagram, which is also fitprochris. Or they can just email me uh, fitprochris23 at gmail.com. So, well, and anyway. I will come to people's homes. Or we can work outside, or we'll figure out something. And there's still, do you still do the virtual stuff? Yep. Sure do. Usually Google Meet works the best for that, but I can do anything. Mm -hmm. For sure. Just be genuine. Don't be a copy of anybody. That That's my, my, my closing statement. Just be genuine. And don't be a Xerox copy. Be your own design. Love that. Yeah, I love that because it's the theme of everything we talked about, authenticity and being genuine. It takes a lot of courage and confidence to be authentic. 
Mm. A lot of people hide their insecurities through um, acting a certain way instead of just being who they are. I usually like to finish with the, if you have a message to the world, but you, you did the. the I do. Yeah, share it. It's. Don't let anyone tell you what you're not capable of. There's no limitations to your possibilities. The way I, I put it is this. If you had a child and you were teaching them to walk, um, would you give them a limited amount of chances and then be say it? And if they don't do it and say, well, you didn't learn to walk, forget it. No, you'd give them unlimited chances and you'd keep letting them do it until they achieved it. Well, people need to think the same way. Like if you try something and it doesn't work, okay, then try again and try again. How many times will you try before you give up? And I always tell people there is no limit. As long as there's oxygen in your lungs, which you guys help with, The limit does not you can do anything. You can do anything as long as it's never a failure if you learn something from it. It's only a failure if you quit. So no quitting. Mm. You can do anything. I was 150 pounds when I graduated high school. People told me I would be like that the rest of my life. I'm 250 pounds of muscle now. And I did it just through hard work and whatever. Matter of fact, when I went to my five-year reunion, people didn't recognize me. It was only five years. And I'm not saying it's all about muscle and stuff like that. But I believed I could change something that I didn't like. And I did it. If I can do it, anybody can do it. I've seen it happen hundreds and hundreds of times. People are like, I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm like, well, let's just try this. And they do it. And then they believe they can do anything. And that's where my you're possible hashtag comes from. You are possible. I love it. Yeah. Thanks love it. for do hard things. Yeah. Thanks for that. That is motivating for me. And I'm sure to all our listeners. Thank you for listening to the Deeper Awareness Podcast, where the journey of self-discovery and inner growth continues to unfold. We hope this episode has ignited a spark within you and inspired you to embrace a more conscious and authentic existence by looking within. If you enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to subscribe and stay tuned for upcoming episodes, where we'll continue to explore the transformative power of breathwork and emotional healing. Continue the conversation and stay connected with us on Instagram. Follow at Deeper Awareness Podcast to receive daily inspiration, valuable tips, and updates on our latest episodes and offerings. We'd love to hear your thoughts and insights from today's show, so feel free to share them in the comments below or tag us in your posts. Your engagement and feedback mean the world to us as we strive to continue to create content that resonates and empowers our incredible community 
Together, we can continue exploring the depths of consciousness, fostering genuine connections, and supporting each other on our transformative journeys. This episode is brought to you by You Belong Breathwork, your destination for transformative healing and self-discovery. At You Belong Breathwork, we believe in the power of breath to unlock the deepest parts of ourselves, leading to profound insights and a greater sense of connection and belonging. Whether you're seeking emotional healing, a deeper connection with yourself, or a path to authenticity, our breathwork sessions, retreats, and coaching programs are designed to guide you on this transformative journey. Our experienced facilitators are here to hold space for you as you explore the depths of your consciousness and discover the infinite potential within. Visit youbelongbreathwork.com to explore our offerings and download a free guided breathwork session. Thank you for being a part of our deeper awareness community. Stay connected, stay curious, and may you embrace your true essence with love and compassion. Goodbye for now, and see you in the next episode.